106.7 WTLC FM Greenwood, Indianapolis. It's time to take a look at what's going on in and around Indy. It's Open Lines Live. What's going on? From the Race Gilman Northeast Kia Studios on 106.7 WTLC. Eight o'clock on a Sunday morning. Good morning to you, Indianapolis. I'm Indy's newsman, Cameron Riddle, coming to you live from the beautiful Monument Circle Studios on this Sunday, January 28th, 2024. 37 degrees, and as I look out the window on Monument Circle, it is a beautiful day. I never get tired of looking at this view. Oh, we're so blessed to be here on the circle. I'm going to talk about it every week that we're here just because I absolutely love looking out this window. On the show this morning, while it is 37 degrees and January, it is already time to start thinking about summer and summer camps. Marion University has the answer to a good place, a safe place to send your kids this summer. But in order to get ready for what kicks off in the summer, we got to start planning in the winter. Crystal Oroso Maddox from Marion University joins us in studio in just moments. But then coming up in the second half of the show, the Blue Line. We've talked about it several times for several years on this show. The consistent effort to derail something that you, the Marion County voters, voted for and that has been funded by the federal government has continually become the subject of bills at the State House authored by essentially one person, Senator Aaron Freeman, uh, who wants to see no dedicated bus lanes. That means the blue line uh, could not happen. He's got another bill uh, that he is proposing right now to ban Indianapolis and Indianapolis only from having dedicated bus lanes. That has turned into a back and forth between business owners in Irvington, and you may have seen them this week, uh, changed their tune, saying they now support the blue line, but a lot of that was due to the literal grassroots efforts and social media discussion led heavily by the one and only Wild Stout Pascal. Well, guess who's in the studio this morning here at 7.30, uh, 8.30 that is, Wild Stout. We're going to talk with him because he is a person who I think you need to know. We'll tell you how his efforts have literally made a difference, especially especially as we go into this election year and we talk about how important every vote is, how important every discussion is. He did it just this week. So we will talk with him uh, and talk with you, of course, on our live line coming up this hour here on Open Lines. As I said, for this summer, summer camp is coming. And Marion University already has you covered. They are already planning for summer camps at Marion. And you got to get registered soon. The In the coming month of uh, February would be a great time to do it. There's even a summer camp fair coming up on Saturday, February 24th. To get more detail on what's going on at Marion this summer, Crystal Awaso Maddox is joining us in the studio right now. She is the director of K-12 school and community programs there at Marion. She's in our studio right now. Crystal, good morning. 
Good morning. Good morning. Thank you for having me. Thank you for coming. We appreciate having you uh, here on a Sunday morning. Uh, tell us about first uh, the, the program that you have going on at Marion and why people need to be thinking about summer in the middle of winter. Well, we definitely want to start planning for all of those summer enrichment opportunities. Um, Summer at Marion is the brand, and that's at Marion University on 3200 Cold Spring Road. We have um, definitely a variety of different camps for K-12 students on on our historic campus. And uh, we're looking at athletic camps, looking at uh, 21st century scholars, healthcare, engineering, um, a variety of STEM opportunities within all of those. And then we also have theater and music for our arts, uh, our art students. And that's uh, all the way from K through 12. And the reason why it's important for you to, for your children and families to support this effort is that we want to be able to create pathways for students to have academic enrichment opportunities throughout the summer on a college campus that will allow them to demystify that college experience. Some students have never even been on a college campus at all. We have juniors and seniors that have never even touched a college campus. And so we want to offer that opportunity, like I said, demystify that, give them some hands-on experiences so that they can envision themselves in a higher institution, if at Marion or somewhere else in the community or across the United States. So the the biggest thing about this summer camp, um, well, first of all, let me let me not jump the gun. To get involved with the summer camp, you're giving everybody a preview coming mm-hmm. up in February mm-hmm. on the 24th. Yes. So this will be the inaugural summer camps fair. Marion University has never had one, so I'm excited to lead that effort with my colleague, Mariam So. And we are um, offering a uh, activity stations, uh, previews of the different camps we have to offer. We'll have community vendors there like Ujama Community Bookstore, but selling books to promote literacy. We'll also have um, Center for Leadership Development. They'll have a table there. So we'll have other vendors that will have tables. We will have um, different games for the, the, the younger students. So we'll have a uh, basketball inflatable game. We'll also have a uh, face painting. We will have double Dutch. for for This This is not just for the youth, okay? We got double Dutch. That's for our, our old school that you know, used to do all that on the block. So we have that opportunity. And then we also are offering um, free tickets to our Marion University basketball game. So those start earlier before the fair. The fair itself starts at three, but we have um, a women's basketball game at one, men's basketball game at three. And then in between that, we are offering a campus visit. And so if you want to take a tour of Marion's campus, interact with our engineering department and our healthcare department, as well as other departments, but specifically those because they have some simulations they'd like to do, um, you can do that, and the first 100 registrants will receive a Chick-fil-A voucher, and then there's some other goodies that we have for you. I won't, I won't share what those goodies are. you got to register. you got to register online. 807 on a Sunday morning. We're talking about summer, summer camps at Miriam with Crystal Owoso Maddox. She's in our studio live here uh, this morning. Crystal, as we talk about what's coming up in summer, on the 24th, that summer camp fair is free. It is free. It is free. And um, yeah, all you have to do is register. So if you go to www.marion.edu on the homepage, you'll see uh, how to register at Marion. And then you will also be able to be tagged in once you click that button to um, click to register for the summer camp fair. So that, that link will be on there on the website. Now the summer camp fair is free. What about the actual summer camp? So the summer camp the summer camps themselves, um, so the 21st Century Scholars Camp is free, um, and then all of our other camps are have a cost to them. Now, we do offer scholarships, and that's part of the, 
the some of the goodies that we'll give away um, during the summer camps fair is that those registrants, those people that participate that come, um, will be able to be first in line for those that scholarship pool, which is up to um, a certain amount off. I won't disclose that number, but mm-hmm. um, we we have um, plenty of opportunities for scholarships. So, um, and then for our Clips College educators camp, um, we also have um, a sibling discount. So if the entire family wants to um, register for that camp, we have scholarships for for that as well as sibling discounts. So what typically are the hours for these summer camps? They range between nine to four. Our theater camp is a little bit shorter. um, And then um, our basketball camps and uh, some of our athletic camps run a little bit shorter as well. But most of them are between that nine to four range and um, lots to do, lots of activities. And then we also have some overnight opportunities within those camps. So with the healthcare camp, that is an uh, overnight for the week, first week of June. And then the second week of June, um, our uh, engineering camp is also overnight. If you got questions, you can give us a call, 317-634-1075, 317-634-1075. Remember, we have a new number here at the station, new studio, new phone number to lock it in, 317-634-1075. If you have questions about summer camps at Marion Crystal, uh, how long have you guys been doing this? So um, to, to backtrack a little bit, um, we're doing work with the Indiana Youth Programs on Campus, which is a um, an initiative through the Lilly Endowment to um, encourage and promote programming for K through 12 students on college campuses. So this is like a statewide initiative. And so that funding has allowed us to really support the already existing and new camps that are being created um, uh, at Marion. And so that's kind of how it started. And then within my department and my new uh, colleague, we are really trying to cultivate and, and push more programming on, on campus so that we can bring more students and have um, give them that enrichment that they deserve on, on a college campus during during the summer. Now, when you're at summer camp, I, I take it with people being there from 9 to 4, meals and all that are, is included? Yes, for the most part, meals are included. Um, depending on the camp, they may have a sack lunch opportunity for students, and then we're going to be working with other um, individual under other organizations to provide uh, some assistance. We're working on that. And then uh, while you have multiple summer camps... Um, some of them uh, will be going on some uh, some off-campus field trips, it sounds like, as well. Yes, definitely the um, innovation through engineering camp. They absolutely will be all over the, the city doing different things um, that involve engineering. I'm not an engineer, mm-hmm. so I know that last year they went to the Citizens uh, Energy Building. They went to a couple other places. Um, and so at 21st Century Scholars Camp, they do an off off-site as well. And then once we kind of develop some of the um, the programming within the four weeks of June, we will have um, some built-in off-campus experiences. Won't highlight what those are now because mm-hmm. still, we're still working on everything, um, scheduling all that. That takes a lot of logistics, and we have an awesome team at Marion that's just trying to make these really, um, really detailed enrichment pro- programs for students. So We're talking about a good place to send your kids for the summer, Marion University, summer camps at Marion. You talked about it at the very beginning of the show. There are numerous camps. One more time, run down the different camps because as people are tuning in, we're hearing, okay, there's engineering and there's theater. What else you got? 
All right. So I'll start um, memorize all the camps we have. So we have a healthcare camp that's really geared towards mostly high school students. We have our innovation through engineering, also again geared towards high school students. We have our 21st century scholars geared towards high school students. We have our Eclipse Educators College Leadership Institute. Let me get that name correct. Mm-hmm. I said it earlier. I didn't get it correctly. Um, that is also geared towards um, high school students. And then we have our theater camp, which offers um, for our younger students um, our K through our K through six, and then our eighth through. Um, high school age we have a theater camp running for two weeks and then we have a musical theater camp also running for two weeks and that's for our 11 year old through high school um and then we also have some athletic camps so that's basketball volleyball um soccer we have i we have one launched uh, on march in march so that's on the website as well and then um we have a variety of other ones that'll be popping up as as athletics teams move from the recruiting to planning and then we also have a syo music theater camp uh, sorry music camp and that's um an organization that was has been around for a very long time and it's been integrated into marion's um summer camp camp portfolio and now um and that starts around seventh grade through through tenth through high school and then um those those two weeks will focus on handbells and then um some orchestra orchestra work uh 317-634-1075 317-634-1075 if you have a question you can call crystal before we let her go here in a few moments um, the phone line is ringing i'm coming to you in just here in a second uh, crystal says you just gave us a rundown uh, the easiest way to figure out, to, to dip your toe in, to mm-hmm. find out which uh, summer program your child might be interested in would just be to show up on the 24th. Well, there are a couple ways, but definitely show up on the 24th. Like I said, this is the inaugural campus uh, campus fair, camps fair that we're trying to do at Marion. Really excited about it. And we have a fun-filled day. So it's really, I mean, bring we got to bring the infants so they can have a good time, get their face painted. And we have, uh, for the older folks, we have, uh, we'll also have admissions uh, um, admissions table too. So if anyone is thinking about applying to Marion or wants to take some classes or get some mm. certifications, that's an opportunity too to engage. Um, and so we'll, we want to offer experiences for the whole educational continuum. And so please come to our campus, our um, camps fair, summer camps fair at Summer at Marion at Marion University, 3200 Cold Spring Road. And uh, if you also want to dip your toe in you can check us out on instagram we are at uh, summer at marion on ig you can catch us on facebook marion summer camps and then if you want to email us camps at marion.edu all right let me go to the phones caller online one good morning you're live on open lines who's this hey cameron how you doing today i'm good paul how are you oh i'm great greetings to your guests and greetings to everybody i just got a, uh, two questions uh that i want to ask the young lady um, do you guys have after-camp care, and how does the public at large uh, continue to support your program so that you can bring uh, other skills into the camp? Thank you, Paul. Wow, thank you. Those are those are amazing questions. So as far as before and after care, yes, we are building that into the schedules for certain camps. It just depends on which one. Um, but I will say that our um, our professors and our uh, camp facilitators understand that that is a need for working parents and working families to have that opportunity, that option, so that students can experience what 
that experience the enrichment on the during the camp, but then also like be able to get to and from work and all the other things. So um, we can talk more about that. But that is something that is definitely um, in the works. And then I think your second question was, um, how do you support the effort? Uh, You can contact me and we can we can pitch pitch me an idea and I'll go to the professors and be like, look, we you know, this is what the public wants. And so (laughs) they need to know. Thank you. And how do people get in contact with you? So um, quickest email, I monitor it, and so does my colleague, is camps at marion.edu. My direct email is I-O-W-H-O-S-O-M-A-D-D-O-X at marion.edu. And spell Marion. Marion, M-A-R-I-A-N. A-N. Yes, not, not Mar- Marion County with the O, Marion University, M-A. R-I-A-N. Yes, depending on what context, it'll get you on a different part of the state as well. Exactly. All right, let me go back to the phones. Caller on line two. Good morning. You're live on Open Lines. Who's this? Good morning. This is Jill. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. One of the questions I want to ask her is about the cost because she doesn't want to say how much the camps are, but you have parents that maybe need to plan ahead or to see or see if they can afford it or apply for a scholarship. So if you won't say the cost on the radio, a lot of parents may not want to put their kids in it if they don't know in advance. Crystal to you. That's a fair question. That's a fair question. So the costs do range. They do range. Um, and some of them are still being decided. I will say that be very specific. But I will say that we offer up to 70 percent uh, scholarship and financial aid assistance. So literally all that you need to do is email me and we can have that conversation. And this is for anybody. So we we want to we want to reduce barriers. Right. And so the only way to do that is to have a constant conversation with what those barriers are so that we can make those uh, resolve those issues. And can you give your email while she's on the phone one time? Yes. One more time. My direct email is I-O-W-H-O-S, as in Sam, O-M-A-D-D-O-X at marion.edu. That's a long name. <laughs> you can also get camps at marion.edu is the easiest way because I do monitor that that email as well. And then again, it is still early and... Um, there you you while you may not have the prices exactly right now is the february 24th an opportunity to learn more about pricing as well absolutely if you go on to um www.marion.edu you will and you register and you look for the the registration portal um it'll list prices on there okay um for sure all right does that help a little bit yes all right thank you so much all right crystal uh obviously you're going to get a lot of interest uh, in this as we move toward um, summer camps at Marion, M-A-R-A, nope, messed up already. It's camps at Marion at M-A-R-I-A-N dot E-D-U, Marianne, not Marianne, Marianne dot E-D-U, and then show up on the 24th. Give us the details and the times for the summer camp fair on the 24th. Absolutely. So, Again, our summer camps fair starts at 3 p.m. to 6 p.m. We offer a 2 p.m. early bird special. So if you arrive, if you register and also um, arrive on time, you will uh, be a part of that campus tour experience. And those people will receive, the first 100 participants will receive a voucher for Chick-fil-A. And then also we have some special promotional giveaway items we want to give our uh, members of the community. If you want free tickets to any of the basketball games, we have those at 1 p.m. and 3 p.m. Send me an email at camps.com. 
campsatmarion.edu to get those tickets. And we have a lot of activities going on. Like I said, we got double dutch, we got face painting, we got uh, hoops, we got music, we got a DJ. I want y'all to know we got a DJ and we got a variety of music going on too. Not just, you know, we got we got cultural inspiration happening as well. So I just want to let you know, thank you very much. All right. Crystal, thank you so much for coming on and talking with us here on this Sunday. We're looking forward to what's happening on the 24th. And thank you for also providing another place for uh, kids to be safe and have fun and make memories in Indianapolis this summer. We'll stay in touch and remind folks as we get closer to summer that there are options at Marion University. Thank you, Crystal. Thank you. All right. Still to come here on the show, we're talking Blue Line. Um, Purple Line is in the world. Red line is up and running, but the blue line is continuing to face opposition once again from Senator Aaron Freeman. So, but there's been some pushback this week and there's been some changing of minds as businesses in Irvington have changed their tune, saying they now support the blue line after saying that they were against the legislation, uh, were against the project and supported legislation to stop it. But part of that change in tune came at the hands of Wild Style Pascal. You might see him on Facebook. You might see him on Twitter. Sometimes you see him on the news. But this week, he's got a lot of attention because he helped push a big change. He's someone you should know, and his efforts are being noticed, especially as we go into an election year when a lot of people say, hey, what you say and what you vote for doesn't matter. But the efforts this week prove the opposite. We'll talk with him. We'll talk with you. We'll get an update on what's going on with the blue line coming up next here on Open Lines. I'm Indy's newsman, Cameron Riddle. This is 106.7 WTLC and Hot 100.9. Open lines. I'm Indy's newsman, Cameron Riddle, coming to you from the Monument Circle Studios in downtown Indianapolis on this Sunday, January 28th, 2024. January on the calendar means uh, the State House is jumping with legislation, and this year is no different. Uh, this year, right now, session is going, and there is legislation that has. Well, a couple of things that have to do with busters that we've talked about, but uh, one of the biggest uh, right now uh, has been this annual push um, to derail bus rapid transportation here in Indianapolis. Uh, It first came when we were talking about the red line, uh, and then it continued another year until we were talking about the purple line, which is now under construction. It's taking shape right now. Uh, And then now... Uh, The effort has continued this time with the blue line. Okay, so why does this matter? Uh, If I can go into my Rachel Maddow style monologue for just a second. Back in 2016, you, the voter of Marion County, 
uh, were asked in a referendum on an election, would you like to have expanded transit? Would you like to have um, rapid bus transit that uh, that at one point could also have included uh, some trains, some light rail operations? You, the Marion County voter, said yes. Overwhelmingly, 60 percent of the county said, yep, we want it. In fact, we want it enough that we will vote to uh, raise a tax on ourselves to improve our own transportation. Fast forward to now. Uh, the red line is up and running. Sure, there have been some uh, learning curves and some uh, lessons that were learned with creating one of the first all-electric um, bus lines in some states. That idea would probably be more welcomed. Um, but anything electric right now, especially in Indiana, is just not um, is not really welcomed with open arms because it's, you know, we like our cars, we like our fuel, we like our oil. Uh, so that alone's given it some pushback. And sure, there have been some learning curves where they um, had to learn that um, the buses were heavier than they thought. So they had to redo some of the pads that um, you sit at um, on uh, where the bus is picking you up. They had to dig up some of the concrete and make it thicker because the bus is heavier than they thought. Also, um, when it came to the buses, yes, the batteries, surprise, surprise, uh, don't do as well in the cold. I think we're learning that across the board. That's not an Indigo thing. That's not a bus thing. It's not a public transit thing. It's a science thing because it's Indiana and it's cold and batteries, even on your car, on your cell phone, none of it likes the cold. I tell you all those things because those are the things that people throw up and say, these are reasons why we shouldn't have, uh, well, we don't need these electric buses. Well, we don't need expanded bus transit. Those are just some of the things. None of them are really unique to Indianapolis, probably except the thing where they didn't know how exactly heavy the buses were. But the manufacturer um, helped pay for that as well as the battery charging stations that went in. So you, the uh taxpayers people like to point out haven't really been dinged by that inconvenience by continuing construction but uh, all of that is now progressed as, as those issues are solved it's always a different thing every year and quiet as it's kept it's one of the reasons why Inez Evans is no longer uh, the CEO of Indigo because she has had this fight every single year coming in to clean up a situation that she did not create and how, how long is this woman expected to fight this good fight? Hey, God bless her. She's on to, uh, to a new project. Um, but now there's a new interim CEO at uh, Indigo. Um, and so the fight, though, to stop expanded transit continues. Senator Aaron Freeman, in my interviews with him over the years, will always say, I'm not against public transit. Um, but he doesn't think buses need to have shared uh, does that buses don't need to have dedicated lanes. They think they should share traffic with everybody else. Now, the point of that is so that it's rapid, so the bus isn't stuck in traffic. Um, but along the blue line, it would go mostly down Washington Street. And I point out that it would go down Washington Street because that corridor was originally proposed to be a train because there are railroad tracks that are right next to Washington Street. Um, but our state lawmaker said, no, you can't have a train. So now we're having this fight about roads because they forced the transit to be on the roads. People forget that. Um, so now we're on the road and we're on Washington Street, which, uh, as you've seen me report on the news, you've seen on TV um, that there have been numerous accidents along Washington Street. And one of them killed a grade schooler uh, last year. Her mother uh, 
just testify in front of the Indiana legislature that, hey, something needs to be done about Washington Street. This is kind of the same conversation we had about the condition of 38th Street, how bad it was, how many potholes it was, how often it flooded. The way that the city was able to fix that was through the federal funding from Indigo. When 38th Street is done, it'll be far more smooth because that place would tear you up. So now the focus goes to Washington Street, where it's not so much about the potholes, but it's about the safety of people trying to cross the street. Um, And that safety of people trying to cross the street and get where they need to go on foot or on bike has been met with opposition by business owners who have businesses along Washington Street and rightfully so are concerned about what construction would do and what this project would do to their business. You get that with any construction project. Uh, But as we've seen along the red line, College Avenue is jumping with construction and to Broad Ripple and new businesses. When people bring a business to town, they want to be on these rapid transit lines because not everybody wants to drive a car. Um, Younger people don't care as much to drive um, as we did. And that's because we drove because we wanted to get to our friends and we wanted to get away from our parents. But now social media, you can be with your friends all the time. You don't really need the independence. You just need a ride to get you where you got to go and you're with your homies. All of that to say, we are now at this battle between uh, dedicated lines on Washington Street. It is the business owners and Aaron Freeman saying we don't want this bus to have its own lane and a group of pedestrians, bus riders, residents in Irvington, residents along Washington Street who say, hey, we need a safer way to get to where we have to go because we don't have cars. We depend on the bus. Just this week, you saw a reversal as those businesses were signing petitions saying, hey, We don't want this bus. We support legislation that would stop this bus expansion this week. That completely turned around as multiple businesses uh, changed their tune, saying, actually, we've heard from the residents. We've heard from the people that we live with, uh, who we've heard from our customers. We no longer support this legislation that would stop the blue line. So what did Senator Aaron Freeman do? He said he didn't care that the businesses have changed their tune. He is still going to go forward with this legislation. So why did all this happen? I have to give a lot of credit uh, to the grassroots efforts, to social media, uh, to people paying attention. A lot of that was led by uh, a guy who on social media is known as Wild Style Pachel. Um, He's got quite the following. People have been paying attention to what he's doing. And While he may not want the credit, a lot of it is going to go back to him for people even paying attention uh, to what is going on. He's also one of the people who rides the bus daily. In fact, he rode the bus to get here uh, this morning. He's in the studio with me right now because he's a person who I think you should know, Wild Style. Good morning. Good morning, man. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for for coming. Thank you for uh, letting the public know uh, exactly what's going on uh, in the city, particularly at the state house, because it <clears throat> commonly people miss what happens at the state house because the session is only in for a couple months a year. Things get slipped through, and they're like, "How did this happen? Why did this happen?" Senator Aaron Freeman's got a bill right now that would stop something that the people have voted for as we went through. Um, that Inez Evans uh, fought for to get the blue and the, the the red and the purple line as far as they have. Now there's this last leg. When you are involved in this, um, what made you 
say, I'm going to be the person to speak up and basically organize this effort that got these businesses to change the tune. Well, thanks, man. I, um, there's a lot of people. I, I would definitely say um, Cliff. I can't pronounce his last name. I'm just going to call him Cliff. Mm-hmm. And uh, Counselor Jesse Brown also. Uh, What's his last name start with? Marce- Marciglio. Marciglio, okay. Mm-hmm. But both of them were instrumental, I think, in, in really trying to get word out to, to the rest of the community as well about what's going on and how this is going to you know, detrimentally affect uh, everybody in Indianapolis, not even just bus riders, but it, you know, we're turning, we're basically giving back $150 million in federal money that could be used to make uh, one of our most dangerous streets safer. And so, you know, everybody needed to, to, to hear about that. So, you know, shout out to all of them and, and tons of other people that they probably don't want to be named that, uh, mm-hmm. uh, you know, really helped to uh, get the word out or get me information that I needed uh, to help uh, put it out even more. How did you, um, okay, let's, let's first talk, let's talk about these businesses because you, you've had them, uh, you know, for the first time I've heard of, of, of Giacomo's Pizza and all these other places. Uh, Giacomo's the one with the the monkey and the monocle logo. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that one. And there, there were a couple other businesses that I had never heard of um, and that, and I, I was hearing about them because people were saying, well, I'm not going to ever take my business there because they don't want to improve my safety to even get to their business. But now they've changed their tune. Those same businesses are saying, hold up, we, we hear you. We do support this. Uh, we, we don't support the legislation to stop it. And we do support the blue line coming through. How did that happen? I think, I mean, for, for one of the, uh, the businesses, uh, I think Irvington Wellness, um, she had, she had been given misinformation. Mm-hmm. Uh, about the project and there's a lot of misinformation out there I think that even some of the other ones that they probably thought had certain notions that just aren't true but it was a lot of misinformation there is there's been a strong anti-transit uh community is uh that's also grassroots that organizes against all of this um as well and I think a lot of that is misinformation believing that uh, especially on that end of, of Irvington where those businesses sat in front of a, um, a area that's got a new streetscape. It's actually safer than all the other parts of Irvington and all the other parts of Washington Street. And so I think some of the people just looked out their windows and was like, I don't see the problem out here. And, you know, they have uh, stoplights on both sides of their businesses that that help uh, uh, control the traffic and, and the speeds. And so they just looked around and like, I don't know what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. You know, while the rest of Irvington is actually fairly dangerous to cross Washington Street. You know, uh, 317-634-1075, 317-634-1075. That's our new number here at the station. Enjoying this conversation. Talk to me, Wild Style. Let us know what you got going on, what you think of this situation. Uh, Wild Style, one of the things that I commonly hear uh, from people um, is that nobody rides that bus. Every time I see that bus, that bus is empty. Um what do you say to that? Because you ride the bus. I ride the bus. Every um, day. Yes. Uh, uh, when, especially in weather like this. Now, you know, when it's warmer, I, I ride my bike. But even then, I, I take my bike on the bus sometimes, actually a lot of times. But people actually, you know, just because you saw a bus at this particular street does not mean mm-hmm. that nobody's riding that bus. That just means that nobody was riding it where you saw it. Just like if I 
if I go and I live right by I-65 mm-hmm. and I don't have a car, by the way, but I live by I-65 and there are plenty of times when there's nobody on I-65 or there's only mm-hmm. one or two cars. Mm-hmm. That goes with the time of day, what's going on, you know, in the city and everything else. So, no, but there's going to be times when there's not many people on the bus. And it may be just when you see it or just that part of the route where everybody got off mm-hmm. for the, the, you know, the the hospital or the grocery store that they were trying to get to. And there's going to be new people coming on. So, you know, um, Indigo's ridership is recovered um, pretty much with the national average of, of all transportation mm-hmm. uh, um, uh, agencies across the uh, you know the United States and the red line has actually been a success they they uh, I don't care what you say about nobody rides it that it is the number one indigo line and it has more ridership than 12 or 13 other rider uh, other routes combined and so does the uh, Washington Street line mm-hmm. that the blue line is supposed to replace. That's Route 8. That's Route 8. It, uh, it's almost right there with the uh, the red line in, in, in terms of ridership. You know, one of the things that you pointed out is something that I often point out, too, is there's all this scrutiny about a bus transit system, but we don't blink when NDOT says we're going to redo the exact same stretch of 69 or the exact same stretch of I-65 and 70 that we just completed, uh, nobody blinks. And no one ever asks, you know, well, how many people are, are, are using that? Or, you know, if just like you said, when I go to work at 2 o'clock in the morning, there's nobody on it. So to me, it would seem, I don't know, that we need this giant highway. Mm-hmm. Is that insulting as somebody who rides the bus? It is. It, it's, it's, a, it's a part of classism that I think I don't think people understand their bias. Like uh, the North Split cost a total of $400 million. I, I looked it up this morning. And it went about $160 million over the original $240 million budget. And it was way over time because everybody remembers how much, when it was supposed to be open versus when it actually was open. But nobody bats an eye other than it wasn't open on time. They didn't, they didn't worry about the cost. They didn't worry about the $6 billion, no, $4 billion that we've uh, uh, budgeted for finishing I-69. Mm-hmm. You know, that I don't, I don't go to Evansville that often, and I'm sure there's plenty of people that feel the same way, but there's plenty of people to go to Evansville. But so, you're still paying for it. Right. So, you know... <laughs> People have to understand that there is going to be infrastructure out here that has to be built, and you may not be the one that uses it. Mm-hmm. And the interstate, too, is a form of public transportation. Absolutely. Because uh, uh, also another another thing that I always see on social media is like, well, the gas tax pays for it. No, sir. No, ma'am. It does not. It <laughs> it doesn't even touch the maintenance costs, let alone the construction costs. It chips in a little bit, but it is, does not even cover the maintenance of all these interstates and highways. We're going to go to the phones here as the phones are ringing. You know, the, the reason I have Wild Style here is because I think he's someone you should know. Because Wild Style does not work for Indigo. Wild Style, I don't even know what your real job is, but um, <laughs> I, you're always involved in, in what is happening in the city and you, you're in tune. And sometimes I just, there are certain people whose pages I look to see what they're commenting on because, uh, and then what people are talking about. Uh, just to get a feel of what's going on sometimes. And you're one of the people whose pages I, I look at. Um, but I, I I bring you on to show people that what one person can do. And I know you're going to tell me it's not just you, it's all these other people, and it is. But when I say one person, I mean 
There's not a giant organization that you work for that is sending you to do this. You are a person who is uh, who rides the bus and you're advocating for the people who ride the bus along with you. Because if you don't speak up and people are saying no one is riding the bus, then people would believe it. But here you're here to say just the opposite. And I also want to point out as we go to the phones, um, when you look at the ridership, as you as you drive and you look at that bus, it's always on our system, depending on how your city is built, it's always going to be emptier towards the ends because the cent- the center is the busiest part. So if you're on the south side and you're at Greenwood, that's where it ends. So, yes, it should be emptier there because people have gotten off and some people are getting on to come into the city. So as you come to the city, it will be more full. And then as you go back north, it'll start to even out and get emptier because it's going to the other end. Now, in some cities like in Chicago, the terminus of all the transportation is essentially at the end. Downtown is at the end of all the transit. So if you go from one side of Chicago, it's going to be empty. And all the way into Chicago, it's going to only increase because the end is in the center. The city of the, the center of the city is at the end of the transit line. In Indianapolis, the center of the city is in the center of the transit line. Does that make sense? I'm just a bus driver. I don't know. I don't know what I'm talking about. 317-634-1075. 317-634-1075. Let's go to the caller on line one. Good morning. You're live on Open Lines. Who's this? I'm uh, uh, uh say something, uh, greetings to your guests. Um, something you said earlier that uh, we talked about a couple of weeks ago, and uh, again, your vote only counts when picking parties. This senator already said that, hey, you know, I don't care what the people are doing. This is what we're going to do. And uh, I wanted to point out Mike Bronze that's running for governor. Uh, he came on in his first commercials saying that he went down and took care of the border situation down in Mexico and Texas and all these other places. And um, and we know that that's not true. And he's then changed uh, his campaign, um, you know, to fit a little better, because I'm sure somebody called him and said, why are you telling that lie like that? So you can have all the town meetings and all these different things going on. And the people that you elect, these are the people that make the decisions. So until we change, get these laws changed so that the public at large can have better input, forcing them to do what we need and not what they want to do. Because on 38th Street, uh, the only thing I saw on 38th Street that even made sense was in front of the fairgrounds. And after the fairgrounds, none of that stuff makes sense when you have neighborhood streets that are all tore up and different things. And then you have this country giving trillions of dollars to go and support a war when y'all can't even figure out how to fix the streets. They're doing what they want to do. If you guys want to take your, your power back, then we need people that know how to go in here and fight these laws and stuff. I want to do something, guys. I don't want to just on the radio every week talking about the same thing. I need these some of these people, like the brother that's on here right now. Uh, I, I, like I said, everybody's got their own goals about what they want to do. But what needs to be done, we are not doing that. And we need to come together right, and do that. Thanks so, so much. That's, that's what I wanted to say. 
and you guys have a wonderful day. All right, Paul, appreciate you. My phone lines are full, 317-634-1075. When you hear my voice through the phone, that means you're one of the next half dozen or so people who are going to get on the air. So don't hang up. If you hear me through your phone, I'm not talking to you, but you hear me, that means you're in line. 317-634-1075. New phone number one more time. 317-634-1075. Let's run down these calls. Caller on line two. Good morning. You're live on Open Lines. Who's this? Hi, Cameron. You know, this is a, just a perfect example of how the skinhead races Jesse Brown is using this black man to come in there and talk about Metro after they locked him out of the bathrooms down at the station. They can do that at any time. But they got him in there to threaten those business owners around Long Washington Street, and uh, they don't want to be called racist, see? So he's out there selling his color. I mean, I'm sick and tired of it. Jesse Brown is nothing but a racist skinhead that thinks colored people should be delegated to live in a poor life. And all this all right, construction Larry. that they're doing, right, they're, I'm going to get Jesse Brown uh, down to council. But the thing about it is they are using this money that they're getting from obstructing our traffic flows and our commerce in this city to have a pipe dream done. And most black people are supporting it because they don't have any commerce going on and they don't have anything. And they're sitting around looking uh, like idiots and being used all right, for Larry, color. I'm just, sick and tired of it. All right, and I just, I just want to remind you, Larry, a couple of weeks ago, somebody said that they were going to come get you for what you well, said. I'm, I'm, no, and I'm and so, but and that, we talk, we a, talked I'm him now. I'm down to the council to uh, pit him out on Front Street I know, for but, what he is. He's nothing but a, a, but, a racist skinhead. But, I know him. I know of him. But we talked about not with no violence, I'm remember? No, threat. no, no I, hey, Cameron, I am a pacifist. I, I talk... I can talk my way out of any into or out of any situation, and I mean every word I say. All right. But this guy Jesse Brown is a racist. All right, He's Larry. using this black man to uh, to use racism on those business owners on Zay. But it's a done deal anyway. Senator right. Freeman and then we're going to pass it on through. So I ain't even worried about it. All that. right, thank you, Larry. Larry Vaughn, everybody. Uh, <laughs> Who ran for mayor of Indianapolis? Uh, more calls three one seven three one seven six three four one zero seven five. Caller on line three. Good morning. You're live on open lines. Who's this? Good morning, good morning, brother Cam, brother Motefia Cameron. How you doing? I'm Thanks good. For my call. I'd just like to add. Appreciate your advocacy, uh, good brother. There. Um, the only reason why whatever will pass, if it was to pass, is because similar to what Paul say, we have. A majority of white men still in this country, and they have the majority in the state legislature. I keep telling when I used to be talking with uh, uh, the political commentator, James Patterson, and then Tina Cosby on the Daily Show, uh, that 13% does not override 64%. Mm-hmm. It never can. And they keep always wanting to make it seem like elections teeter on the balance of black people. No, it doesn't. The only thing that teeters on the balance of black people is black people being able to take and pool our resources and make things that we can make or make some type of uh, um, interdependent type of situation inside this dependent situation. They don't want progress in the city. Cameron's talking about Chicago, and I know Chicago's uh, metric system pretty good. New York's, L.A.'s, uh, D.C., uh, they don't want progress here. Drive up and down 65. If you start in my home, my old home area of Gary and go all the way to to Jeffersonville, it's it's like Swiss cheese right now. It's, it's ridiculous. If you go through Lafayette, that bridge just opened there for the third lane. They use concrete to make 
all those third lanes in between Lebanon mm-hmm. and uh, Lafayette and stuff like that. But when you get through left Lafayette, 178, where the Purdue exit is, they've got that all tore up, and then now they're using blacktop, and it's so uneven, it's ridiculous. We don't know who they even hire. They don't want progress <laughs> here. They don't want mass transit here. They don't want a rail system, which Obama, uh, form, I'm sorry, former President Barack Obama did. That's the proper way we're supposed to call his name. People never say just Obama. That's my fault. Excuse me. Former President Barack Obama was had. Hey, remember, you got to do that for Trump, too. That's exactly. I say that. Okay. Too. All right. Yeah. I just, I just say former. I say former President Trump. I do. All right. We got to go. Because, Thank you. Thank no, you. Real fast. Real fast. And he said he put the money in for the transit for rail and stuff like that, and, and Pinston turned it down. Mm-hmm. So they don't want progress here, man. They don't want it. You can see it looks just like the fifties. You go to Arizona, Vegas, places like that. It's mm-hmm. miles ahead around here. Yep. Thanks, yep. brother. All right. I appreciate you. And um, remember the. Um, Secretary of Transportation for the federal government is from Indiana. So if there was ever a time that any yeah. city in Indiana could probably get whatever they wanted, would be right now. 317-634-1075. My phone lines are uh, completely full. Keep calling. Here we go. Caller on line four. Good morning. Who's this? Hi, this is Kim. Hi, Kim. You're live on the air. Hi. I would like to just touch on um, the um, Boulon project mm-hmm. um, as, as it relates to the um, the, the buses. Um, I am uh, a current uh, operator, so mm-hmm. I'm going to give my unbiased opinion, mm-hmm. although I'm an operator. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually drive the 8 a lot. Mm-hmm. And um, to hear uh, your previous um, um, caller um, say that one of the reasons why um, a lot of people don't want to have it um, in play is because a lot, they don't, you know, the ridership isn't heavy on the 8. It is absolutely heavy on the eight. I don't know what they're talking about, but what I see firsthand experience, it is busy from a.m. to p.m. Now, if there's certain points, like you said, of the town that aren't busy, but you have to think, and other people have to think, a lot of people along the eight, along that street, they don't have access to grocery stores that are affordable to that particular households, right? So, of course, you have the needless downtown and things like that, but that's not practical for a lot of people. So they want to come out to Walmart. They want to come out to Meyer, And when they come out to Walmart and Meyer, they're coming grocery <laughs> shopping for hours at a time, and they're going across different stores that they need to go to that are affordable for them. A lot of stores downtown are not affordable for people. Mm-hmm. A lot of people have to think about that. So, when the ridership that I see, people are getting on the buses. They're getting on the buses with 10 and 15 bags at a time. They're, they're getting on the buses with other people, their children, helping them because they don't have access to grocery stores where they live along Washington Street. You have to think about those people in between that Emerson and downtown area. There are no grocery stores around there. Maybe Safeway, but you still have to catch another bus to get to that point. Kroger, but... People don't like to do all their shopping at one spot. Mm-hmm. So you have to think about that as well. And when you get out here, a lot of people don't know that the mire out here going outbound is the end of the line towards Cumberland. So for them to not want to want to extend it to Cumberland is just beyond me because a lot of people actually need that ride. And I've heard people out of their mouth say that. This was the same thing that happened with the red line. Mm-hmm. It was a lot of pushback with, about the red line at first. But a lot of those people are grateful and thankful yep. now that we have the red yep. line yep. because they don't have to have cars. They yep. can just get on the bus and go home. And the red line is, is to 1 o'clock in the morning sometimes. That's easy for everyone to cover their day. So I don't understand why they're trying to make it so hard. Well, I do. 
But <laughs> while they're trying to make it so hard for the east for the Washington Street route um, to go ahead and get started, it just doesn't make sense. The purple line as well. The purple line. A lot of people say, well, all the uh, neighborhoods are blocked. It doesn't make sense. As a driver, I have to think outside of the box. When I'm driving on that 39, I said, you know what? This purple line is actually safer for a lot of people in our neighborhoods. It gets them to a central point to get on that platform that they're going to build. It doesn't have your, you know, your 70-year-old grandmother or your Mm -hmm. 80-year-old grandfather standing on the corner in the dark by themselves, it brings them to a central point where they can get on with other people. So I think some people need to think outside of the box when they're thinking of, you know, change Mm -hmm. is going to happen. It's inevitable. But this Washington Street route, specifically that Irvington area, a lot of people that live over there catch the bus. Kim, I want to think and they don't realize. Kim, a lot of people catch that bus and it's needed. Kim, I want to thank you for calling in. Thank you for what you do from one bus driver to another. Be careful out there. Thank you so much for your service to the city. Appreciate you. Thank you. All right. We got about two minutes left, so we're going to make these last couple calls quick. Uh, caller on line six. Good morning. You're live on air. Good morning. Hey, good morning. You got about 40 seconds. Talk to me. What's on okay, your mind? Okay. I, I am a current uh, uh, school bus driver, but I was a public bus, bus driver. And my question is, and please answer this if you can, uh, um, there is a racist little thing going on uh, between uh, south, north and south. There's there's a place where you can park, you know all the you know all those that park their cars and they can get out of their cars and get on the bus and the bus just goes straight through and I'm like, okay, so why don't they do help us that way, you know? And I think you guys know what I'm talking about. Oh, and, okay. And so just, you're asking why aren't there more parking rides? Yeah, thank you for okay. for, for 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 the for us, you know, for yes. you know, yeah, for for yeah, that particular and, and, area. And I and yeah, I will give you the answer that Indigo you. has told me. Thank you for the call. There's no place to put it yet. Real estate um, on the. Um, so when they pick these lines, let, let, let me try to wrap this up here in a second. When they pick the uh, red line, when they decided to go down college, the idea is that there would be a parking ride and parking garages in um, uh, Broad Ripple. And there are. There are. But they're they're shared parking garage. Nothing really still. Um, exclusive to just transit riders. But then you have downtown where obviously there's places to park and then it terminates at UND. Well, not terminates. It goes from rapid to standard um, at UND where there is parking. It's not its own park and ride yet. Um, And then Greenwood Park Mall, which obviously is a huge parking lot, which they've kind of got their own little section right there. So even on the red line, there are places to park, but it's not their own park and ride. It's real estate. If you go down Washington Street and if you go down 38th, they have to find places to put an actual parking lot that is only for bus transit riders, and they haven't found that yet is the answer that I've gotten. It's something that bothers Indigo to my knowledge. is something that they want but have not been able to get. Okay, I think I answered that. What time is it? Mm, ooh, it's 9 o'clock. So um, the phone lines are still ringing. I apologize to all of you who have still been on the line, but we are out of time, and I'm going to get a, a nasty gram uh, from Al Sharpton if I don't get off this air at nine o'clock here this morning. So when the phone lines are ringing and we have more to talk about, guess what? That means we just have to come back next Sunday at eight o'clock to continue uh, this conversation about what is happening here in Indianapolis. But if you take nothing away from the show today, the, the what I want you to know is that your vote and your voice does matter because if you are paying attention and you are vocal like Wildstyle is here, people tend to notice Uh, when somebody is saying the opposite of reality. 
So, as we are now in this election year, understand that your voice and your vote counts every single time. They want you to not vote. They want you to believe that your vote doesn't count. If it didn't, we talked about this last week. Why would they be proposing a bill that says you can't have a free ride to go vote on election day? Why? Because they know when you show up, you make a difference. So let's make it harder for you to vote. And every time you decide to stay at home because your vote doesn't count, you make it easier for them. That is the message of today. We're back next Sunday morning, live at 8. I'm Indy's newsman, Cameron Riddle. I'll see you tomorrow morning starting at 5 a.m. on CBS 4 and at 4 a.m. on Fox 59. Have a great day.